Hello. Hello, hello. Can you guys hear us out there in podcast land? <laughs> this is the Triple Thrift Podcast, and we are your three hosts, Drew Profit Monsters, Josh Harry Tornado, and Joey Badabing22, your local mailman. And today we are recording our first podcast in about two or three weeks, guys. We have all had crazy schedules and haven't been able to get together. Uh we mostly blame Joey, but that's just because he's the easiest out of the three to blame because <laughs> he's so nice. It's not really his fault. It's just all three of our faults. Um, but anyway, we are so happy to be here. If you don't know, we talk about all things reselling and uh, Instagram, YouTube, podcasting, and our lives on this podcast. And we just get together and have fun. And we hope you guys enjoy the content that we put out. Today's podcast is not sponsored, even though it should be. So if you're a sponsor out there and you want to sponsor us, send us a DM on Instagram and we can work out a deal. <laughs> so <laughs> with that being said, let's get into the podcast. Our topic of the day is nothing because we never have a topic. Josh, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing so well, man. I'm uh, living life to the fullest, enjoying every second, and I'm super happy to be back on the podcast with you guys. Three weeks off, dude, two and a half. I don't know. It's been a long time. Missed you guys so much. My life has been great. Joey, how's your life? My life's been great. Um, been grinding at work, at being a mailman. Um, Destiny is currently full time for about three weeks. She's killing it out here, doing some great stuff, finding some bolos. And um, yeah, I've been bringing some stuff home. She's been listing it and I'm super, super proud of her. So shout out to Destiny. Um, but but yeah, um, I'm trying to get in the swing of things of just making YouTube videos. I've been holding back, just trying to help Destiny um, while she's home, you know, full as full time. So I'm super pumped about that. So, so what's up? What's up, Drew? Not, not too much, man. Life is, life is good right now. I'm, I'm uh, just really happy with the way things are going. I'm slowly putting out YouTube content just because I, for the last like two or three weeks, I haven't had anything like crazy incredible happen as far as like to me that made it worth putting out a video. I need to put out my consistent what sold videos and stuff, which I've been slacking on. But, um, you know, I've just been staying the course like things have been consistent sales dipped for a little bit at the beginning of the month and now they've picked back up a little bit so i'm thankful for that i got quite a few things i got to ship out i've made sales on almost every platform this weekend which is awesome and uh yeah uh, we joey and i have been doing the live listings on mondays and uh, the family is good i went and played disc golf with some friends yesterday after we went to the flea market um with my boy dealing with dalton shout out dalton I love you, buddy. He just moved back to Florida, so it's exciting for me to be able to get to hang out with him again. And uh, yeah, things are good. I am. Uh, there was something else I was going to say, but I lost my train of thought because I looked up and saw you guys, and I was <laughs> distracted by your beauty. <laughs> so I can, but, I, um, can yeah, I, I can, yeah, I can I can start a little story. Um, me and Drew were talking on the phone the other day, and well, I know Drew has like some back problems and stuff. And he had like some rinky dink, you know, chair like I did. And Josh actually sent me the same chair as him. And I was like, man, like now Drew doesn't have one. So I saved up some money and I'm like, 
I'm like, I got to buy this. And I was in cahoots with his wife. And I was like, look, I'm buying this chair. Make sure he doesn't buy one. But I know he would never buy one for himself. And, you know, so, <laughs> but I'm just so glad I, I got it's it. It's true. Him. It's true. <laughs> so, Drew, how do you? Those of, those of you who know me, I'm the world's cheapest person. Like my wife bought my Rolo printer for me a year and a half after I started reselling. And I was complaining every day about having to cut and paste labels. And she's like, just buy the label printer. And I'm like, no, I'm not spending $170 of my hard-earned money. And then one day it showed up and I installed it. And I was like, I am such an idiot. How did I not have this sooner? So yeah, yeah. I'm thankful for my wife and I'm sitting in the chair right now. It's amazing. It's comfortable. Joey, you're the best. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you, Josh, first of all, for starting the trend. <laughs> so we got to get a sponsor by S Racer. I mean, people listening to the podcast can't see that, but they're all the brand is S Racer. S Racer gaming chairs. Uh -huh. They're pretty comfortable. They are. Mine kind of squeaks sometimes. Like if I'm doing a live or like on the podcast, I can't move too much because it'll, it'll. I don't know. It just, yeah, I can hear. I can hear that. Mine it doesn't. A little bit. Mine doesn't. I, I'm probably did something wrong. I get a can of WD-40. Should be fine. I need a can of WD-40 on my door. <laughs> if you guys know about that, usually on my on my live listings, if, if I open my door, it squeaks really bad. So shout out to the people. Speaking of shout outs, uh, you guys know, uh, and if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I went to Utah this week. Yes, sir. Uh, I just got tired of seeing Tim and Ashley, Hustle at Home Mom, and Zach, Utah Bought and Gone. They just kept finding just really good stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to fly out there and meet up with these guys. I couldn't meet up with Zach because he was uh, out, of, out of town. But I met up with Ashley and Tim and uh, went thrifting. Hung out with Ashley for a couple hours, went to two stores with her. And then Tim is just a thrifting maniac. I mean, we went to, I think it ended up being like 12 or 13 thrift stores. And uh, it was it was an experience when I'm, I'm telling you guys, like, I found some good stuff. But Tim... I think I don't want to give it away exactly. He spent a very small amount of money in relation to the amount of profit he's going to find. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, you guys know he buys a whole bunch of big stuff all the time. It was so funny. <laughs> I was like, just I was just going into thrift stores and just finding the biggest thing they had. I'm like, hey, Tim, look at that. You probably want that. And one time <laughs> I pointed at something and he looked it up and it was like, I don't even know what it was, but it was selling for like $400. He's what? like, all right, I'll get it. <laughs> he just loaded up in the truck. Oh man, it was, and he, it was like a two day trip for him because he lives in Idaho. So he came, came down on, he, re he rents a vehicle every time he does yeah. those trips too. Yeah. yeah. We had like a big SUV. I don't know. I think it was like a Mazda or something. Um, but just the day one, I mean, it was, it was a pretty full car and he was still had like another seven to nine hour thrift day the next day after I left. So, I mean, the dude, the dude is killing it, but I mean, his willingness to sell those big things that other resellers pass on is why he's able to sell so much stuff on eBay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, shout out Tim. I told him we we're going to get t-shirts made for the podcast that just say shout out. That's Tim. Awesome. He's like, that's fine. But could you also like, just like disclose that like my actual username, like Osborne to thrift and not just say shout out Tim, like which Tim are you talking about? <laughs> so if you're listening to this podcast, shout out Tim at Osborne to thrift on Instagram and Osborne to thrift on YouTube. The dude is killing the game and uh, he was super nice to hang out with. So shout out. I, I like how you guys can't see the screen that we're looking at each other. And Josh held up the number two when he said Osborne to thrift. 
Because <laughs> the viewers know. aren't going to know that. <laughs> They're going to know. They're going to know now. See, you came in. You came in clutch. Descriptive languages. I appreciate you. But it, it's funny. It's funny that you say that. I I actually wasn't going to say this on the podcast, but since you're talking about going to see Tim and uh, Ashley, I had actually made plans to uh, go see my boy Bob Dabra um, from Instagram and YouTube. He lives in Iowa, and uh, I don't want to give out too much information about him because he's a teacher, but he's getting out for the summer. And so I think he's kind of wanting to try out the full-time gig thing for a little bit while he's not teaching. So I was like, bro, let's make a video. I want to go to the bins up there. He's Mm -hmm. always, he had a crazy come up at garage sales this weekend. He found like 20 vintage Harley t-shirts and some of them are worth some insane money. And I had already made these plans with him prior to him finding these. But, um, so I'm actually going June 3rd through the 6th. Um, I'm flying up to Iowa to go thrifting with Bob. We're going to get a hotel in um, in Des Moines and I have no idea where, (laughs) where we're going, but he knows all the good places. So we're just going to you know, take his car and go thrifting and try to see if he can pull off the full-time life baby. So that's, yeah. that's the best part about YouTube is that once you create an audience, like you don't even have to have a large audience to have somebody in, in one state that's at the, I mean, I mean, I, I obviously have people in like most states are like, Hey, if you ever want to come thrifting here, let me know. I'll show you around. And that that's like, awesome. Like I going to a new place, never having been there before, and then trying to thrift in a way that's like time efficient, it's really difficult because you don't know the streets, you don't know the the interstates. Um, you know, shout out Tim, he drove the whole time and he like knew Utah. He doesn't live there, but he knew it way better than I do. So that was it's really awesome, like being able to meet up with people in other states that actually know you know what they're doing to take you to the right stores. Even in South Carolina, if I go to like Greenville or something like that to thrift, people are like, oh, you went to Greenville and you didn't go to this thrift store? Oh man, that's the best thrift store. I'm like, I was just Googling Goodwills yeah. and Salvation Army. I don't know anything else, you know? So it's it's cool to have, you know, your your audience, audience members that are willing to show you around if you ever want to come to their home state. When when Joey and I went thrifting together in our most recent video where we did our draft and the draft was on Joey's channel and the thrifting was on my channel. I, we met in like the middle of the cities where we're from. We So we were both in a city that we had never thrifted before. And I'm like, all right, Joey, because I was driving. I said, you know, start putting in the, you know, the thrift stores nearby. And he types in, you know, Goodwill. And I'm like, Joey, we got to hit more stores than Goodwill because there was only like two Goodwills within, you know, 15 miles of where we were. And I was like, you got to search thrift stores near me. And he's like, but Drew, I only go to Goodwills and Salvation Armies. <laughs> so that was fun, you know, because there was actually a lot of thrift stores that we hit other than Goodwills and Salvation Armies. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just, it's just interesting that, you know, so many people are only used to, you know, certain thrift stores or Goodwill, you know, and there are in every city you go to, whether you've lived there or not. Like I still find thrift stores that I've never been to before, little hole in the wall shops or mom and pop shops or something like that, that aren't even on Google and you're just driving, you know, and then you see a little sign that says thrift store or, you know, antique store or something like that. Um, and sometimes those are the the best places for come ups. So yeah. um, that even happened with, with us in Utah, there were two, um, when I was with Tim, we were just like riding on the way to another Deseret Industries, which is like the um, it's a thrift store, I guess. I don't know if it's just in Utah, but it's operated by the Mormon Church. 
there's a ton of them. I mean, we went to like 10 within like an hour of each other. Um, and we were just driving through. I was like, oh, there's, I think it was called like Calvary Thrift Store. I was like, oh, have you ever been there? He's like, I think it went there like three years ago. And we went and uh, we both found, I found probably like $120 worth of profit. And Tim probably found like three to about two, $250 to $300 worth of profit in a thrift store that he didn't even, he didn't even see. It wasn't even on our route. You know, I was just like, oh, there's one. And it, we also did the same thing with a the Goodwill. There was like a Deseret Industries and like some other little thrift store right next to each other. And we left those two on the way to another one. And I was like, oh, there's a Goodwill right there. Like literally you could see it from the parking lot. He's like, I've never been to that Goodwill. I've never <laughs> seen that before. I was like, it's right there. <laughs> Have you never seen it? But it's, it's cool. So even though I didn't know the town, like just keep your eyes open, you know, it's, it's right there on the main road. You never know. And some, I personally haven't had a lot of luck with like those small mom and pop thrift stores, but you never know. You could go in there. Like one item I found, which would be in the Tim video. I don't want, sh- I don't want, but it's the like Tim video, the Tim video. It'll be, it's just a really big polo. Like most resellers know about this and get super excited if they ever find it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's like, like I was thinking about possibly finding that when I was flying there. I was like, okay, I'm looking for small stuff that'll sell fast. And I found that I was like this, this is, I just need more of these. So I'm really excited. Teaser for the video. It'll be out Tuesday. So Josh, did you, did you bring anything home from there? Is that what you were? Yeah. Yeah. So I flew out there with just a backpack, like as little stuff as I possibly could, just like two changes of clothes, clothes and like deodorant toothbrush. Um, and the, one of the first thrift stores I went to with Tim, we bought a suitcase and I just like filled it up like it, I filled it up so much that I literally couldn't open it. I had to cut it open when we got home. <laughs> what? But, but yeah, because it was like if I had to, it was too big. I didn't want to bring an empty one because you'd have to check it on the way there. Right, and right, I right. Americans, they want to charge me 30 bucks. I'm like, as long as I can buy a suitcase for less than 30 bucks, I'll be in the profit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what that's so funny because that's what I was telling Bob Dabra I was going to do, you know, because we're thrifting for for like two or three days together, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, basically. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we're going to go to the bins. We're going to do a bins battle. It's this idea I have for for the, for the Goodwill bins between us because we both love going. Um, and then I was like, I'm just going to find a suitcase and then I'm going to, you know, load it up on the plane with me on the way home. So, you yeah. know, it's just um, it's a it's a cool way to be able to. I Well, I told Bob, I said, if I have to, I'll throw everything on a pallet, you know, and DHL ship it back to my house. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, Checking I'm not, I'm not afraid to do that if the profit's there. Like I, I flew American, which isn't my favorite airline. I think Delta gives you like one free check bag, but American, they offered me like a, a, a when I was like checking my bag, when I was signing into the airport in Salt Lake City coming back, they offered me like a free upgrade to first class or not free, an upgrade to first class for like $82. And you got to fly first class and check two bags for free. I was like, oh, I don't need that. I don't want to pay extra money. So I didn't do it. But then after that, I realized that you had to pay 30 bucks for one bag. I'm like, in hindsight, I should have bought two suitcases at the thrift store because there was hundreds of them filled them both up and then flew first class back for like $92 or $82 or whatever. That would have been almost the same price as checking. Cause I think the second check bag is like 40. Mm-hmm. So it was like $10 more <laughs> to fly first class with two bags. That would have been very no, smart. Josh, go ahead. Go ahead, Joey. No. I have an idea. I want to say after you go, I, I flew, um, I, I always fly Southwest and I always can take two, two luggages with me on the flight. So if you guys ever are doing that, I would, I would suggest doing Southwest and you get two free check-in bags. Yeah. I th- American airlines are that too. You can have like a carry on, which is like a smaller suitcase and a personal item, which could be a backpack. 
And then you could, if it did the first class thing, you have two check bags. So in theory, I could have just like taken two changes of clothes, check really just taken like one change of clothes with me and just bought more clothes when I got there <laughs> and then just like wore those and then filled up my carry on, filled up my personal item backpack and checked two bags full of stuff mm-hmm. back. So Josh, the next, the next video that you and I are going to make together, we're going to do this now. We're going to, we're going to fly somewhere random. We're going to have no idea where we are. We're going to buy throw a, throw a dart at the map of the U.S. Yes, exactly. We're going to fly somewhere together and then we're both going to fill suitcases and then we're going to try to see who can sell their suitcase full of resellable inventory for the most money to their following. Clarifying. Like or or we could put we could put our suitcases like what Walter uh what Blake Noblock did. He put like reseller boxes on eBay and titled them like WBK Noblock reseller boxes. We mm-hmm. could put our suitcases full of resellable inventory on eBay and then people can bid against what? each other and see who can get but the highest closed. sale. No, nobody knows what's inside. Right. Yeah, it's exactly. like a sealed suitcase. That's crazy. <laughs> That's really cool. That is crazy. Like how much we'll, do you trust more to fill their suitcase with more profit? Wow. Profit monster yes. or Harry Tornado? Yes. Dude, we that's crazy. I really like that. That's that's really cool. I'd say in my the Salt Lake City bag, it was like a regular size suitcase, it wasn't super big or anything, and it was packed. And I had I spent like two hundred bucks while I was there over the course of the two days, and I probably had I don't know like between eight and nine hundred dollars worth of profit in that one suitcase. Really? Wow. So, and that and that that was a lot of shoes too. I think I think I had like nine pairs of shoes in there. So yeah, it's pretty good. That's, that's awesome. A, that's awesome. So coming this summer. <laughs> Harry Tornado versus Profit Monsters. Who will win? And then Joey's supposed to say, there we go. There we go. Fatality. <laughs> so we'll have to we'll have to make that happen. I think that would be awesome. Dude, I, I definitely want to want to fly more places. Um, I'm making some big moves in business lately. You guys know about it, but I can't tell the podcast yet. <laughs> um, but it's just gonna it's gonna allow me to to travel a lot more for sure. Um, so I'm super excited. I just have so many places. I want to go see big drift thrift in Alaska. Um, this one guy in Scotland emailed me and said, you know, he's like, Oh, come see me anytime you want. That's Irish. That's Irish. But you guys get it. He's like, yeah, anytime you want to come down, man, I'm like, we'll show you around. So I just, I don't know. I'm young. We're almost debt free. We've been working really hard paying off our debt for the last year and a half, two years. Um, so I'm just super excited about opportunities. Yeah, that's awesome. That's cool, man. I think that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about is freedom and happiness is why I started reselling. And I think that, you know, that's for a lot of people is that maybe not specifically to travel, but to be able to have the freedom to do whatever you want, whenever you want. Like yeah. Bob Dabber and I have literally been talking about meeting up with each other since I met him on Instagram, like almost two years ago. Yeah. I was like, dude, you seem like a down to earth guy. You like vintage clothing. You know, we're kind of the same age. Um, and I've, I'm a full timer and he's a part timer because he's, you know, a teacher full time. And I was like, bro, we got to hang out someday, do this bins battle. And we've never really been able to make it work. And kind of like what happened with when Joey and I went and surprised you the first time we met you, I was like, screw it. I'm just going to message Bob and be like, dude, you're out for the summer. Let's do this. I'll fly to you on my, you know, on my dime, you know, not asking you to pay for any of my expenses. Let's just hang out. And I talked to my wife about it and she's like, yeah, go, you know, like she wants me to be able to do these types of things. 
whether it be for YouTube or not, because she knows, first of all, it's, I can write it off as a business expense, but second of all, because I'm actually going to work, like I'm going to source, I'm going to thrift and I'm going to bring home profitable items that will make me money. So, you know, I'm just very thankful for my wife that she's supportive of all of my, you know, dreams and everything that I want to do, you know, as a reseller, but just having the freedom to be able to do it in the first place is like, listen, I can put my store on vacation mode for two or three days and I'm going to be fine. Like I'll still make sales, you know, and worst case scenario, I just list stuff at Bob's house when I find it. Yeah. I'm doing a, um, a summer camp this summer with my wife. We're going to be camp counselors. And at the camp, we don't have service. Like there's a couple places you can go to like get a few bars to like send a text or something, but I'm not gonna be able to upload videos or do any eBay stuff. But you know, this job doesn't have PTO obviously, but like the week before I could just film two extra YouTube videos and like schedule them to be like, like that's beautiful about YouTube. You can schedule videos out. Obviously I can't premiere them, but I didn't even premiere my last YouTube video and it performed just the same, maybe even a little bit better than a normal video. Um, same with eBay. I mean, you could just list, like do 50 list. If you're going to be on for 10 days, you could do 50 drafts or yep. 50 scheduled listings and just have five go out every single day and put your store. I had just had my store on time away mode when I was in Utah. Yep. And I, I still got sales, obviously not as much. Um, but I still got sales. <laughs> we could talk about that too. I had this lady get super mad at me, uh, on eBay. If you guys want to jump into that, let's let's talk about it. Well, Joey, Joey, let me just ask you a real quick question before we switch over is, you know, with all this talk about, you know, Josh and I traveling and flying and, you know, full time and freedom and stuff, you know, how, how does that not, I don't want to say it like in a mean way, like, how does that make you feel? Cause that's not the way I'm trying to ask it. I just mean like, you know, you're a full-time mailman, you're doing your thing. You've got goals and plans, destiny's full-time, you know, but like when you listen to us kind of talking about that, does that like make you think differently about where you're at now? Like, you know, that's what I want. Or are you still pretty like, no, I'm, I know where I'm at. I have a plan and I'm sticking to it type of type of mindset, if that makes sense. So like, I am like really, really jealous, like of what you guys do. And I've, you know, even when I first learned about this and I I started watching Josh, you know, almost two years ago, you know, it's just, it's, it's so cool that you can, I mean, we, I've say this all the time that you could go to a thrift store, take it home, list it and sell it and ship it. I'm just like, I'm just so like sad, like that I can't do those things that you guys can do. And, you know, eventually I'm going to, I'm going to quit one day. And like you said, like I have things, I have a plan in place and I'm, you know, me and destiny are building, you know, our, our business. And I, I need to see if it's, successful. I know it will be. I just want to get destiny with, you know, the right step, like her in the right step of direction. You know, I just want to get her on path. And once, once that happens, you know, I will, um, dig deep into reselling with her. And I really love the YouTube side. And I love that you can go out like Josh did and went to Utah and go see some people and go make a video and write it off. And now, you know, Drew's doing it. Um, eventually I want to do it so bad. I would literally quit tomorrow and put in my two weeks. Like that's how bad I want this. And, you know, I, you know, some of me says just, why don't you just do it and just, just go and go for it. And it's like, I can, you know, but I just, you know, I'm just, I don't know, man. I'm just, I have dreams about this. Like I, I just want it. And 
I, I need to dig deeper into, you know, listening more, staying up late and, you know, making more YouTube videos. It's just this last three weeks has really eaten me alive and it's, it's been hard on me. And just hearing this is like, I'm so happy for you guys. But like, then again, I'm just like, I wish I could do these things, but you have to grind. You have to work hard to get what you want. And, you know, I've been slacking a little bit, so I need some motivation guys. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, I don't want to ever, I don't ever want to come across as like a person who believes that you're not a real reseller unless you're a full-time reseller, right. because it, I mean, it, I, I still think even if you're a very, I mean, as long as you're anything, but the, like the top 1% of resellers, like people like Renzi and rally roots, I mean, they make tons and tons of money, but I think for most full-time resellers, like you're not going to make you know, a hundred, 150, 200 grand a year in profit mm -hmm. after expenses as a full-time reseller. So you've got to be someone who can live on a relatively, you know, normal salary. Um, yeah, you get a lot of freedom and you get a lot of, you know, I guess just the freedom of being able to do whatever you want, but that comes at a price. So you have to assume all of the risk in your life. Um, you know, you are responsible for yourself. You don't have a boss or a company or a board of directors or, mm shareholders or anything it's, it's if if your business does good you have you to think if it does poorly you have you to think as well yeah um, so i don't want to i don't want people listening to this podcast to think that you're not a real reseller right. if you're not full-time i mean there are plenty of excellent excellent resellers that are part-time um like I, i'm thinking of big drift thrift in alaska i mean I, I think she owns like several different different businesses i know she owns a snow a, a snow cone stand because <laughs> she's got a flavor called harry tornado um, but she's a really great reseller, but she has other things that she does too. You know, she's not like focusing 50 hours a week on reselling. Um, so it's, it's up to you, man. You, like if you don't want to be a full-time reseller, like don't feel like pressured into it just because you associate quitting your job and going full-time with success. Right. You can still find success and still be a mailman. Like how cool would it be to be a mailman to like work your way up? And, you know, you get like six weeks of PTO after a couple years or 10 years, whatever. And then you are making an extra 50 or hundred grand a year in profit with your wife being a full-time reseller and you supporting her and you guys could still have, you know, four, six weeks out of the year to travel and do all that stuff. Yeah. Like it, it's traveling is like a fantasy. Like I'm like, Oh my gosh, we could travel like all the time. But like just my four flights in going back and forth to Utah, like two flights there, two flights back flying is not that great. Like when you, when you think about traveling, you're like, Oh my gosh, I'd love to go to Hawaii. I'm like, really? Because South Carolina to like, Denver, Denver to LA, LA to Hawaii. Like then it's like a 12 hour time difference. Yeah. Like it throws you I off. Went, it is not an enjoyable experience. I actually took destiny to Hawaii, um, two years ago and it was like a 16 hour flight. It was crazy. Yeah. It freaking sucks, yeah, it was, man. It was tough. My flight, to Salt, my flight from Charlotte to Salt Lake city was four hours. And I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I was right next to the bathroom and I'm telling you guys, every single person on that plane went to the bathroom except for me just the whole four hours constantly opening door shut door flush toilet open door shut door open door shut door flush toilet i'm like oh my gosh it's four hours people <laughs> like go to the bathroom before we take right. off yeah when we when we went to texas um and i made that thrifting in texas video i had like drafts made or like I had pictures taken of a bunch of stuff. I was like, I'm going to bang out some listings on the plane while the kids sleep. And, you know, the flight that I was on didn't have Wi-Fi, you know, or anything like that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I haven't been on a plane in so long. I forgot that I literally can't do any work, you know. No. So um, it was just it was actually really frustrating for me because 
if you if you know like a little bit about me, I'm always doing something. I'm not the type of person that's like, oh, I'm just gonna sit on the couch and you know watch Netflix today. I'm like, if I'm gonna watch Netflix, I'm gonna have a bowl of water, a magic eraser, and 45 pairs of shoes in front of me that I'm gonna be cleaning while I'm watching this movie. The only time I'm not doing that is if I'm spending quality time with my wife, you know, and we're like, you know, on a date or something. I'm not like, hey, you know, let's let's uh, let me wash some shoes while we're, you know, grilling steaks on the grill together or something. But, you know, I'm always working. Like I'm if I'm in my office, you know, I'm listing, I'm taking pictures, you know, or whatever. And it was really hard for me being on the airplane and not being able to do any work because I was getting so antsy. Like I got to get down into the hotel and do some listings when I get out. Cause it's just not because I'm in fear that my eBay algorithm is going to get messed up, <laughs> but it's just like, it's just ingrained in me now that it's part of my daily routine. Like for my job, I treat it like a real job and I don't just say, well, I'm just not going to do any listings today and I'll double or triple up tomorrow. I'm just like, yeah. no, I got to get a little bit of work done because I have to provide for my family. Like that's just my mentality, you know, and I've just disciplined myself to, to do that. And it, it's paid off, you know, in, in, in my sales and in, in my numbers. Uh, but it was really hard for me being on the plane. So that was a long, long tailed story just about yeah. me being impatient. My, my wife has started um, watching this like travel vlog couple and, um, I forget their names, but they're very successful. I mean, they, they did a video about a year ago where they broke down their income and expenses and, and that they did like a three month period and they made like 150 grand in three months with like YouTube and sponsorships and merch sales and all that stuff. And then their expenses was only like 25 grand from like all the traveling and everything. So they made like 125 grand in profit in three months, literally just traveling and vlogging to like Chernobyl and um, Auschwitz and things like that, just around the world, like interesting places. And, um, yep. that's that what, seems that's what, cool. Like, that, Oh man, that's so cool. Like we could do like van life. That's so cool. Now we could live in a van. I'm telling you, it sounds cool until about a week into it. <laughs> and then when you, you get really tired of sleeping in a van and having to shower at planet fitness every day. Yeah. So it's, I, don't, don't be like, don't fall for the romanticized version of like freedom. Like, like you don't have to live that life of traveling and, you know, doing all that crazy stuff. You could just stay home, like yeah. and still have freedom at home. It It's literally the same thing as like rock stars, you know, like back in the day I used to be, I still am. I used to be like really into like metal music, like Christian screamo music. Like I used to go to warp tour and all these concerts and you know, you go to these concerts and you say like, I wish I could be a lead vocalist for a band. You know, like you just, you follow your dreams, you tour the tour the world and then you see like some of these vlogs that these bands were doing and they're living in these like, you know, beat up buses with, you know, seven people. They're sleeping on the floor. They're eating McDonald's and Wendy's every day. You know, they're they're basically surviving with five guys in a band off of T-shirt sales at Warp Tour. You know, they're wearing the same clothes six days a week because they can't bring anything with them because there's not space on the bus. And it's like now the big, 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 big people like you know, Kiss and whatever, Black Sabbath and these big bands, they they have more luxurious lifestyles, I guess you could say, but they've been also been doing it since 1970, you yeah. know. Uh, but it gave me like a lot of a reality check because I was in a local screamo band a long time ago with some friends and I was like, man, it'd be so cool to tour and all this kind of stuff. But 
the sponsors that you get for being in that kind of scene and stuff, they don't pay you real money to be able to like live off of. It's like, you know, the record label pays for your your recording and then you get like a very small percentage of record sales and then your merch sales is what like pays your groceries with yeah. five other guys for the week, you know? It's it's a lifestyle that you in if you enjoy it, you know, traveling and doing that stuff, you can do it, but you're not going to very few people do that kind of lifestyle and make a lot of money. Yeah. I think that's key. Like with the vloggers too, like it's more possible. Like if you want to be a family vlog channel that makes 40 grand a year and you can live off that, that may be possible if you're a good vlogger and you like work really hard, but like to be like that family I was just talking about and like vlog and travel over the world as well as make like four to $500,000 a year that's pretty unlikely, you know, but you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's all about sacrifices. You know, some people want to be a mailman. Some people want to be an accountant. They're totally fine being an insurance underwriter and they can do this stuff on the weekends, you know, or like Bob, you know, he's got a whole summer to try out full-time reselling. If he likes it, he can always quit. If he doesn't like it, he can always go back to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Perfect situation. Yep. I, and I think that's, I think that's the, the awesome thing just about, you know, differences with different people is I'm, I'm a little bit more of a believer in like the Gary V theology of if you're unhappy, quit your job and try something else. And if it doesn't work out, you can always go back to that type of job. There will mm -hmm. always be another insurance company that will hire you. You may not get the exact same position at the same office, but there will always be a, a company that will hire you. Um, you can always go back to making 30, 40, 50, 60, $70,000 a year. I mean, you can sell cars at a car dealership and make $80,000 a year if you're a good salesperson. Yeah. So there's jobs out there, but I'm also more of a risk taker, you know, like, you know, I just, I'm, I'm just built that way to just, you know, put my eggs in one basket and try it. And if it doesn't, okay, I got to work hard and grind and, you know, catch back up. Uh, and luckily for me, reselling worked out really well. Uh, which I'm thankful for because I would have never met, you know, you guys and stuff if it hadn't been for that. But, yeah, you know, um, I just think that that's exciting and seeing other people, you know, like Adine and Melinda going full time, quitting their jobs, you know, they realized like they're happier being full time resellers than working corporate jobs. Yeah. You know, um, it's nice just, being able to control everything about a business because I've worked at so many places in my life where I'm like, man, I really wish they'd do this differently. This would be so much better for the business if they did this. And yeah. as an employee, I mean, you can suggest things like that um, Chinese restaurant I worked at. One of the one of the crazy, like everybody likes those Chinese donuts, like little like biscuits, oh, yeah. fried They're biscuits so with good. sugar on They're them. They're so good. But the restaurant, they only sold like, they only sold 10 packs. Like it was like $4.99 for 10 of them. I'm like, the problem is nobody wants 10. Like, why can't we just do like, Hey, would you like to add two of these to your order for a dollar or whatever? So I'm like, you're making more money because right now you're making five, well, about the same. So you make $4.99 for 10 of them. Or you could sell two for a dollar, which that's the same thing, right? So it's the same, same profit. Yeah. But but the increase in sales, like, do you like do you have any any idea how many people I could talk into adding two fried like two fried dough biscuits to their <laughs> order for a dollar? Like we'd sell, you'd increase sales by a thousand percent easily. And they're like, no, that would never work. No, we don't want to do that. I'm like, okay, whatever it, you say. It's, it's so funny that you say that. And I'm not going to talk about it on this, on this, uh, podcast, but maybe one day we can take a whole podcast to talk about it. But when I owned my scooter shop, my motorcycle brick and mortar store, um, 
before I started reselling, I did a bunch of stuff and made suggestions to the owner of the company because I was a franchise about how to increase sales, how to grow the business, how to scale it. You know, and the one thing I will say is the owner of the company told me financing will never work for scooters and mopeds and motorcycles because no company will finance a $900 or $1,000 scooter. I found a company that did. I was the guinea pig for it. And then I got all five stores to get financing and offer it. And I increased all the stores sales numbers by like two X. Almost every store doubled their sales within the first couple months of offering financing and not one person had an issue with it and I didn't get a dime for it, you know? So not being able to have that control when you help other people, you know, I'm like, okay, fine. I'm never going to work for somebody ever again, even if it's a good franchise, just because I can grow something myself. But at the same time, there are certain people that live certain lifestyles that need the security of knowing they have dental, you know, a dental plan, health insurance. I think we've talked about this before, but for me, I just, I I have my faith in myself that I'm going to be a hard worker and I have my trust in God that he will provide for us that if something happened, that was a medical emergency, I have health insurance. Let me stop and say, I have health insurance, but if anything ever happened, like I would make enough money to be able to take care of that, you know? Um, so I just, I just believe in myself so much that I don't let those things personally inhibit my abilities as a, as a person or a a business person to say like, I got to keep my job because I need my health insurance. Like I just say, no, I got to work harder because I got to make an extra $400 a month to pay, pay health insurance on my own. So there you go. I, when I, um, I made a video, I don't even know, like eight, eight, 10, 12 months ago, it was like, should my wife quit her job? And uh, in the comments, people people were just really you know sharing their opinions with me, and they were like, "No matter how much money you're making, your wife should never quit her job." I'm like, "Really? No matter how much money? Like they're like she has benefits and you know all that." I'm like, "You can put a price on benefits. You yep. can put a price on health insurance. I could literally go and find health insurance right now for a certain price. You could like my old job I got laid off from. They gave me a match in my 401k of like three percent, which equated to like a hundred bucks a month." Basically, they were giving me into my 401k. So I'm like, okay, if I just make an extra $1,200 a year, I can match my own 401k and there's the benefits. And so I don't, so many people just think that like benefits and like the corporate structure is an invaluable asset that can never be replaced by an increase in income. I just never understood that. I'm like, it's literally a number. You can replace it if you make more money than that. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that has to do with being like a like a millennial or like our generation, you know, like people think that you have to have this nine to five great benefit working as a mailman, you know, type of thing where, you know, you can you can do these things and be successful, you know, like how how Drew says to be motivated, to be dedicated, you know, um, the due diligence to to get things done. Um, Yeah, I mean, I. That's what everybody says to me. You have to have benefits. You have the best job. Like, yeah, I have the best job, but am I completely happy working here nine to six or nine to five every single day when I could be having fun making YouTube videos and selling stuff on eBay and picking stuff out of the trash? Like, I mean, come on. Like, yeah, that's the coolest. That's probably the coolest job ever. And you learn. I've learned so many things in this world that like 
my grandpa's like, you know, 60, 70 years old now. And I, and he tells me things. I'm like, I know what that is. Cause I learned about it, you know, selling, you know, selling things and, you know, vintage, yeah. you know, vintage clothing or vintage anything, you know, it's like, wow, I, I know what you're talking about. And it's, it's pretty cool to ha- be knowledgeable about different things. Let me, let me also say real quick that I'm not telling anybody to quit their job if they're happy. Again, happiness is to me what is the most important thing. And if you are happy in your profession, for example, like if you're, you know, Kat the nurse flipper, she's a nurse. If you truly love helping people and serving other people and, you know, you know, working with doctors, working in a hospital, helping people feel better, and that's your passion, don't quit your job. Do your passion and then do reselling on the side. No, quit you know? your job. Quit your job. <laughs> you know, but um, you know, just just for me, like I just know that I could never really be happy working for somebody else. You could pay me four hundred thousand dollars a year to sit behind a desk and document HR papers all day, and I would rather I would rather sell on eBay and make $30,000 a year than take a $400,000 job that I'm miserable at every day. And I come home and don't want to be here. Yeah. So, you know, it all comes down to happiness. Just do what you love and everything will work out. Just like Joey, just like Joey investing in Cardano and he's going to be a millionaire and then he's going to buy me and Josh both brand new Teslas. Not financial advice, but I love Cardano. I, I do think cryptocurrency is a pretty strong feature in our in our world. Yeah, I, I people in our our generation just don't trust banks, and they. I, I honestly think uh, I was reading my morning brew um, email the other day, and it was talking about how, like, it gave specifically the 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 example of Chipotle, but basically like all these restaurants and like retail stores that are paying minimum wage or close to it can't find workers. And they're like, like even like Wendy's, you know, they're offering like $500 sign on bonuses for like minimum wage employees. I'm like, I think our generation is just becoming wise to the fact that like minimum wage jobs aren't worth it. You know, they're figuring like, I remember even working at Chick-fil-A, which was like, I wasn't making minimum wage. I was making like, I don't know, like eight fifty nine nine bucks an hour or so. But like I had a car payment and had rent and all that stuff. I remember one time even after I worked like a couple hours overtime, I paid all my bills and I had 40 bucks to last me until like the next two weeks. And I told one of the managers and she's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, what do you mean? That's, that's just what I have. <laughs> like I'll make it work somehow. But now I'm like, Oh my gosh, like there's so much, so much wasted potential like back then. Cause I was like 2013, 2014. And like reselling was like not nearly as big as it is now. And I'm like, how many times did I drive past a Goodwill on my way to work? Mm-hmm or like on the way home from work and just like not, I didn't see the opportunity, you know, to like turn that $40 into more money that I make at Chick-fil-A in three months. You know, yeah, my, my dad always would tell me, you know, we could, we could sell things, you know, we could buy things for cheap and sell it. I'm like, no, man, I, I just don't do that. Like I go to work, you know, I go to, yeah. I go to, I used to work at Publix like that. I, that's how I, how you make money. And my dad's like, no, that's, you know, that's not how you make money. You, you make money, you know, he sells golf carts and he, you know, he sells. Yeah, your dad's very smart. He is, man. Like mo- most dads and most parents still think of like, they still equate income with a direct, a direct trade of time. Mm-hmm. They're like, you need to find something where the more time you, you give them, the more money you right. make. Like, Ooh, you're making 30, $40 an hour. That's a really good job. I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah. Cause it's a one-on-one to one correlation of time. Like I want to work something where. 
you know, I can work two or three hours and then that continue to make that, what that work I did continue to make more and more money. I mean, I've had my, my best YouTube video, the one, the Amazon video, I mean, it took me, you know, filmed it while I was shopping. So I'm not going to count that time. It probably took me two hours to edit it. So say I've run say three hours into that video and that video has made like almost $6,000, which is more I than love, I love that so much. <laughs> I know, dude, it's, it's crazy. Like, and, I, and I'm not saying YouTube is passive income because you never know. Some videos take off, some don't. But um, what what is crazy is working a minimum wage job and especially working one like that and trying to provide for a family. I didn't have a family. I had like two roommates and I was still stressed to the max <laughs> trying to live off 40 bucks for two weeks, you know. So I, I, I don't know. Re, full-time reselling isn't for everybody, but part-time reselling should be a part of anyone's life if they're in debt struggling to to survive financially unhappy with their jobs um there's definitely enough enough junk to go around mm -hmm. for sure my sister's boyfriend does reselling on the side um because of me you know like he he sees what i do and now he goes to goodwill and he 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 buys stuff and he sells it and he's like this is my vacation money or you know this is to pay off you know my truck or you know it's just so cool that you can do these little things while you're not working like saying you know you work a full-time job and you go to good, say, I'm going to run into Goodwill while I'm on my way home from work and find a couple of things that you could sell for a hundred bucks. Like, dude, that's a hundred dollars you didn't have. Rather you going home, laying down and relaxing and probably spending money on dinner extra or whatever. You know, I, yeah, I think it's just so cool what reselling brings to the table. I think it's awesome. I mean, it brought us to the table with this podcast. So, you know, <laughs> oh, I just I like it. I like it. What just, a segue. Just bringing what it back in. Um, I, I, and I know I say this a lot, but I'm just, I posted it on my Instagram the other night because um, I put like a little thing up the other night because I was listing late and um, I didn't really put out a lot of content on Instagram that day. I try to stay pretty consistent, but I was listing all day, so I didn't really have much to share. So I said, you know, ask me anything. And I know Josh does that every once in a while. Rally Roots does it every once in a while. So I was like, I'll see if, you know, anybody has any questions for me. And I got quite a few. And one of the questions um, was, well, there was a lot of questions, but I'm trying to think of the answer to the one I gave was like, um, have you... Have you made connections or have you had a lot of doors open because of like social media and being a reseller? And I mean, my answer is, of course, yes, because I make sales on Instagram, you know, on a weekly basis, not a daily basis, but, you know, I'll post a thrift find and someone will be like, yo, how much? Kind of the same way Josh sells stuff on YouTube sometimes to his viewers. Um, and, you know, be either, even that like meeting rally roots you know, meeting Hustle and Hooks and doing the raffles on Instagram, meeting you guys and like actually making friends and having stuff in common with people who like the same thing I do. I just think it's so cool. And, you know, I didn't really have a lot of doors open when I owned my scooter shop because I was part of a franchise. So I had certain ground rules I had to abide by. And, you know, like I tried to start a scooter club, you know, and none of the other stores were into that. They didn't want to meet up after work to talk about scooter stuff or like get the community involved or meet up with other, you know, people who had the same interests or do like, I don't know, late night scooter tech stuff or like, you know, after the store closes at eight o'clock, you know, come over to the shop for pizza and, and oil changes. I don't know, just something to get people in the door. They wanted nothing to do with any of that. And so I didn't really get to meet a lot of people or build a lot of relationships. Um, 
And I've just made so many relationships with reselling and YouTube and Instagram um, and just, you know, being honest and being myself and then just responding to people um, and making friends with people like you guys. I just think it's it's an amazing community. Um, and I'm just saying I'm just thankful for it. Like, I'm just really thankful for it. I don't there's no other words for me than just to say I'm thankful because it's just nice to have people that understand what you're doing. Cause most of my friends and family, other than my mom, shout out mom. If you're listening to this, she sells shout out my mom too. shout mine, out Kathy. Mine too. Carissa. I love you so much. My mom's been selling on eBay now. Um, cause she's taking care of my grandmother in Connecticut. Um, so she's been selling on eBay as a job and she's actually selling some really crazy stuff and getting a lot of stuff for free up there in Facebook groups. But, um, just, I'm just thankful for, for, you know, this opportunity and, and to meet people and to, to have friends who understand me because most of my friends from church or from school just don't understand like, oh, you, you sell online. Like, okay, you know, you must not be really taking care of your family or something. You know, they just don't understand. Like, even I was talking with Josh before, you know, people don't really understand the potential that YouTube has. You know, someone told me, uh, and Joey knows who it is, but I'm not going to say it on the podcast. Someone told me when I first started YouTube, they said, don't start YouTube. You'll never make money. YouTube, you can't, you can't make money off of YouTube. You need to go get a job and provide for your family, you know, the old school way. And I just can't wait to prove this person wrong when I can start making, you know, good money from YouTube. I'm averaging like a hundred dollars a month, if that 70 to a hundred dollars a month. So I don't even really count it as income. It's more of like a hobby for me still. Um, but one day when I can prove that person wrong and be like, yo, I did it. I made it, you know, check this out. I'm not going to rub it in their face. I just want to show them like it was possible. And, you know, shout out to all the people who do believe in me. So I believe, <laughs> I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Okay, so let me tell you about this this eBay lady. So I put my store on time away mode. Uh, I left on Wednesday, so I put it on time away mode like Thursday afternoon or Tuesday afternoon, like before I left. Um, and then like, I don't know, maybe three hours later, I sold um, those uh, that pack of the 25 pack of cabinet knobs that I picked up from that um, box that Dream Deals gave me. Sold for like somebody sent me an offer of like $21 free shipping. And I just accepted it. And I checked and it was like, like I checked my orders on eBay before I left. It was like, you don't have to ship this until May 17th, which is tomorrow. Uh, we're recording this on the 16th. And uh, the next day, Wednesday, when I was like, got off the plane in Salt Lake City, I got an eBay message from the, the lady who ordered. And she's like, please send tracking info. I'm like, I, I messed her. I was like, hey, thanks for the order. I'll send tracking info when it ships next Monday. Um, I'm like, my store's on vacation mode. And she was like, um, Okay, well, please send my refund. I had no idea it was going to take eight days for you to ship out an order. That's very, I'm very dissatisfied or whatever. And I was like, I gave her a full refund, responded. And I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, you know, my, my, it should have said like an alert when you bought the item that the seller was away until this date. Sorry for the miscommunication. I've sent a full refund. And she sent me like two more messages after that. Like very, very, very dissatisfied. And like, I, you call yourself a, professional eBay seller. It's not right to take someone's money and sit on an item for eight days. And then I was thinking, I was like, it's not even eight days. Yeah. It's three days <laughs> in a weekend. <laughs> like, 
just calm down. But I talked about it in my video with Tim a little bit, but I'm like, even though it's frustrating, like I didn't respond to her last two messages because there's nothing I can say. Yeah. Like she's just pissed and I gave her a refund and I apologize. Like if I, I just need to shut up and not just me, like anybody in the situation, the best thing you can do in my opinion is just to shut up, stop talking to them and they'll eventually leave you alone. Like if you get defensive or try to like prove to them, like here's a screenshot of the order that with your confirmation shipping date, blah, blah, blah. Like just drop it. I gave her a refund. If she gives me a negative feedback for it, then we'll deal with that later. But as of right now, I was just like, all right, I'm done. I'm done with the conversation. I gave you a refund, move on, go buy them somewhere else. And fun fact, I relisted them and then sold them the next day. And the buyer's like, no rush. I just, <laughs> just wanted no them. Rush. Ship them out whenever no you're rush. ready. <laughs> Ship them out next week. Yeah. I, I love when that happens. That's almost so gratifying. And they sold in, for twenty three dollars this time instead of twenty one. In a in a in a weird cosmic sort of way, I don't know if that's the right word for it, but when you get like a low ball offer on something and you counter offer like a fair price, like let's say you list something at fifty and someone offers you twenty and you counter at like thirty five and you're like, I'm just gonna send them a good offer and maybe they'll accept. And then they send you another offer like a dollar higher, like coming up one dollar in their counter offer is really gonna make you accept. And then like an hour later, the next day it sells for full price. Like yeah. there's almost no greater feeling than that as a reseller when you know that somebody wanted something but was being cheap, you know, well, I, I guess it depends on the person because, you know, some people are just looking for a deal on something and they're willing to be patient, you know, but other people really want it, but they don't want to pay full price. Yeah. And so I don't know, it's just kind of like I get a little like an evil laugh when that happens, you know, and I just like giggle on the inside knowing that this person could have had this item, but they counter offered me. So right before the podcast started, I have this Space Jam plush. I have the only one listed. There's none other listed. It's vintage, like dead stock with the tags, 1996 Space Jam Monstars plush. I have it listed for $59.99 plus shipping because there's no comps. I just made up my own price. And uh, someone from France sent me an offer for $5. And their message was shipping is too much to France. Here's my offer. So I counter offered at $50, took $10 off and didn't say anything in the messages. And then they counter offered $6. And then I counter offered $50 again and said, sorry, I can't take $6. And then they counter offered me a dollar. And I'm like, okay, now I'm just declining. But I just don't understand buyers because i'm a seller so i don't understand the buyer mentality of do people really think that one dollar is going to make me accept their offer i could understand if it was like they offered 40 and i had it listed at 50 and i was at 55 and then they counter offered 51 at that point i'd probably just accept it because the four dollars isn't worth negotiating but for something listed at 60 to offer five and then counter offer at six like you can clearly see there's a difference here in our, our, you know, worth of the item. Like I'm, yeah. I'm willing to hold on not to on the it. Same, not in the same ballpark at all. You know, if they offered 40, I might've even taken it, you know, just because like, it's just a plush. It's a stuffed animal. I paid like 50 cents for it at a garage sale, but there's none listed and I've got seven watchers on it. Why would I sell it for six bucks? You know? So yeah. anyway, I can't wait for it to sell. So that guy in France, I can just be like, Whoa, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of petty, but just the way I feel. Will you take seven for you? Yes. 
Awesome. How is much that, did you pay for it? 25 cents? 50 cents. Oh, wow. But so you, you, really sold, you, sold, <laughs> you sold some plush right before you left for Utah. You put out a video and you went thrifting. You found a pair of on clouds and you left them because they were dirty, worn, bald, scuffed, whatever. And then you picked up some plush at the bins. And I, I, I texted you or I, I messaged you on Instagram and I said, Harry Tornado passes $70 on clouds at the thrift, but buys $3 Blastoise plush. And he goes, those hey. plushies already sold. <laughs> Yeah, that, that Blastoise plush, told, uh, um, a viewer said, hey, man, how much you want for that? I'm like, I don't know, it make me an offer, like 10 bucks or whatever, free shipping. And he's like, I'll give you 11. I was like, okay, <laughs> I appreciate that. So he sent me 11 bucks. But yeah, all the plushes sold. But the, okay, I know on clouds are a good brand. Okay, I know that. But look at the video again, dude. They had the toes were like all the paint was scuffed off the toes. They had stains. The bottoms were bald. Like the heels, they had holes in the heel cloth because of rubbing. <laughs> I don't even know if I would have picked up Hoka's in that condition. Like, I know you said, like, on Instagram, they're the same as Hoka's as far as, like, if they'll sell in bad condition. But they're still there. We Haley and I really? went to that same thrift store yesterday when I got back, and they're still there. Wow. So I can buy them if you want them. I'll sell I, them I, I, will, I will buy them. I will buy them for whatever they cost plus the shipping to send them to me. And then, and then prove me wrong by selling will, them for $90 on Poshmark. <laughs> Well, speaking of speaking of Poshmark, I'll just say real quick too. I just had a sale come through while I was, ironically, I just had a sale come through about five minutes ago. That's why I was looking at my phone. Um, I just sold a pair of Air Max IVOs. I've never even really heard of them, but they look like Air Max nineties. And I just sold them for eighty nine dollars on Poshmark. And uh, what's crazy about them is there was like none on eBay when you search the model number, but then when you Google lens it, it comes up and it shows that there's like a couple listed here and there. And I was like, uh oh, this might have been um, I Google lensed it at the thrift store. And I was like, they're only like six bucks. I'm going to take a chance on them because they're a really nice colorway. And then I listed them and they just sold for full price for ninety dollars. And they had a little scuff on them and there wasn't a lot of comps. So you don't always need eBay comps to make good sales. But I'm not telling you to just go buy stuff without looking it up. <laughs> but you have to know the product and the brand. That it's funny you funny you say that because I, I do occasionally find things that I just think are cool that I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna find sold comps on that. And uh, I went to went to some garage sales last weekend. I found like this little cast iron like cauldron type thing. Looks super cool. I mean, it, was, it said it was made in Portugal, it said two two L on the bottom. So I guess it was maybe like a two liter type thing. It's pretty small. It was maybe like eight or nine inches tall. I paid three bucks for it. And I was like, I don't know what this is worth. There's no way to see sold comps. It had a maker's mark on the bottom, but I don't really know how to look up maker's marks. Um, I just listed it for like 49, 49 99 plus shipping. And it sold in like three days, full asking price. I'm I like, saw your, I saw your post on that on Instagram. Yeah. I, I cool. love stuff like that. Like stuff that's just cool. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what's a reasonable price for this? Like, I don't know if it's vintage. I know it's cast iron and made in Portugal and two L that's all I know. <laughs> had a cool look to it. I was like, worst case scenario, it doesn't sell. And then I just drop the price later. Mm -hmm. And worst case, I guess scenario, worst case scenario, it sells for 49 and then turns out to be worth like 10 grand. Oh, wow. Well, I was going to say worst case scenario, you lose $3. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's not if you're at a garage sale and something's $3 and you're unsure about that. I mean, $3 isn't going to ruin you. But if you're at a garage sale and it's like 300 and you're like, oh, shoot, like I was at a garage sale this weekend and there were some off white Nike dunks, three pairs of dunk off white Nike dunks. They wanted $30 each. And there was another guy looking at them when I was there. And I was like, shoot, do I just grab all three, take the risk for $30 and throw them in my car before this guy scoops them? 
but because if if they were real it would have been like five thousand dollars worth of dunks because they were like insanely valuable models well one was air jordan one off whites and then two pairs of dunks but i started looking them up and just there are certain things that didn't match up to me and i'm not an off-white expert so i was like either but to find five thousand dollars worth of sneakers at a yard sale for 30 bucks a piece i'm gonna go ahead and say they're fake (laughs) right that that was my that was my first sign but i'm like Maybe someone doesn't know the resale value of certain things. Like that's why Hoka's get donated to the thrift stores. People don't know that they're still worth 70 to a hundred dollars in good condition. They yeah. just think these are my worn running shoes. So that's my first thought. Whenever I see something really valuable is someone just doesn't know what they have. And they're like, oh, I paid $300 for these shoes when they first came out and now they don't fit me or I don't wear them anymore. Yeah. But I started about those shoes. It's like, those are so rare that like the only way you'd get them is if you had like bots buying retail or you bought resale value on like StockX or something. So yeah. that even just like using context clues like that, like that's not a shoe that you could just go into a, a, a finish line and buy, you know? Right. So I, I look at stuff like that, like, especially with Jordans, I'm like, are these real? I'm like, okay, are the, were these readily available at the time of purchase? And chances are, if they were, then I'm like, okay, they're probably real. And also a couple other things I know to look for in Jordans, but. Yeah, with off-white stuff like that, they're just so they're so hard to get at retail. Like you're not going to accidentally buy those without knowing what they're worth. Yeah, for sure. I ended up leaving them, um, but it that wasn't really worth it to me. If um, I would have bought them if they were ten dollars each, just for like display shoes, because you know someone would buy those to just have on their shelf or something. But yeah. I was like, do I really want to waste a hundred dollars right now on fake shoes and hope someone on Instagram buys them from me for a display? Um, I just decided to pass. But if my point was, is that if you find something like that and it's just relatively cheap, like buy them like the cauldron, you know, just buy it and, and see what happens. The Monstars plush, I paid 50 cents for it. So if I don't sell it for a couple months, you know, I'll wait till Space Jam 2 comes out, you know, and then it'll probably sell. Yeah. So. All right, boys. Well, we are just over an hour. Joey bought a bang 22. What are you thinking about? What's going through your head? A lot, man. Cardano, me paying off my house, my car. I just like, I want to be, I was, you know, I was thinking about this as like, you guys are older than me. Like you guys are what? Like 30, 31, right? So I'm 30. You're 30. Like I'm 24 years old. Like I'm thinking like, you know, you guys almost paid off your house, you know, like, uh, and your cars. So like, I, I, I'm, I'm still a step behind and I still have to like focus on, you know, what I'm doing and, and kind of pay that off. And I mean, not even like maybe pay off my house, but just, I want to pay off my car. And, you know, dude, when I was 24, I was an insurance agent making like 800 to a thousand dollars a month with no benefits. <laughs> That's so crazy. And I was happy Just think about that. Like, and we going back to like the, the minimum wage people, like I feel bad for these people who work there, you know, like I want to tell them like, yo, go to Goodwill and go find something and go sell it. Like, just think about it. Like how you could change someone's life just saying, go to Goodwill and find something and sell it. Like, it's so crazy. I want to tell it to everybody, you know? It's nuts. Yep. That's my thought process right now. That's what this podcast is all about. (laughs) Spreading the good news of reselling to all the boys and girls of the world. Spread the news, boys and girls. Joey Bada Bing is coming to you live on this podcast. (laughs)
Not quite live because the podcast is edited and uploaded at a later date. Coming to you maybe Monday night or morning. Maybe Monday, May 17th. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the 21st ever episode of the Triple Thrift Podcast. I'm Harry Tornado. That's Joy Bing 22 That's Drew. I'm pointing at him. But you can't see. Love those, some, love those guys so much. Love you so much. And we'll catch you guys on the next one. See ya. See ya.